0: This is East Carolina offensive of coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick. We are talking one of my favorite things, hired football and the sports objectives.
1: The Welcome into the Sports Objective. I'm Dave Richmond, along with Kyle from LaGrange Barber. How are you, dude?
2: What's going on, man? Tired, tired, tired. I don't know if I'll make the whole podcast or not, but I'll be a part of it. Uh, a lot going on in the world of college football. with Trying to keep up with all this realignment stuff and work a job. It's just tiring.
1: One of our favorite guests wearing a pirate hat. You know we got to love him. That's why you came on tonight. Matt Semenza. I know one thing, you're a happy camper because your wife, Chrissy, who went to Florida, she's happy because you have a guest home from Gainesville, right?
3: Oh, yeah. You know, I've kind of like adopted Florida, the Gators is like one of my favorite teams, you know, like a distant second to my Pirates. You kind of have to to keep the peace in the house. But uh, I always love talking SEC football, specifically Florida. So happy to have JC on tonight
1: yeah by the way the uh, you you better not pick Florida state I'm just saying I, I just have a feeling that
3: oh, are you kidding I'd be I'd be living in the shed
1: <laughs> <laughs> and with us tonight from the pot up with Shane Matthews show on YouTube does a great job Johnny JC how are you man
0: yeah, good to be with you Dave Kyle and Matt thank you guys for having me I love being on on the program here and uh you know was I guess it' time last year and I was very pleased to be able- invited by Bubba. Rosenbaum to come on board, so you know it's that time of year, guys. We're getting ready.
1: I told you he's a super fan, so yeah. I'll make a point to when I'm getting ready, shaving or whatever I'm doing in the mornings, and I get got kids to get to school, to elementary school. I'll make sure to watch and listen to you guys. But I enjoy the program. For those that don't know, I'm gonna give you a chance before we dive into football. Tell everybody about the show. Shane Matthews, of course, one of the great quarterbacks in Florida history with the gators
0: well shane uh shane and i go way back we go back to the 90s i was the television i was the abc sports affiliate uh sports director down here in gainesville and i met shane as he was named a starting quarterback for the florida gators under steve spurrier in 1990 and uh we had a a legendary run through the 90s i was very fortunate to be able to cover the gators in the university of florida working here in gainesville for that abc affiliate down here and um yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I didn't get paid much money. Didn't make much money. It wasn't about the money, that's for sure, in this market. But we had a good time. And you know, Danny Werfel, uh, Rex Grossman, um, Shane Matthews, those guys, those guys were fantastic. And it was easy to cover them because they were always in a good mood because they always won. And um, the first year they they played in the ninety in nineteen ninety, they they actually won the SEC on the field, but the conference or the NCAA took it away from them because they were on pray, but probation. So. That's how it got started for me, and that's how I've uh, come to know Shane for about 33 years now. And we go on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Pot Up with Matthews in the morning. Um, I'm on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. He's on Monday through Friday at eight o'clock Eastern.
1: No doubt, and uh, we're we're excited to have you on. As far as man, uh, this college football realignment is is going nuts. It's going crazy. I have an analogy I want to use, and I forgot to use it the last show. So I want to get you all's take on the college football realignment. Uh, I don't know how many kids play uh, board games. When I was younger, I played the board game Risk, where you're taking all over the countries. You're taking this country. You're taking that country. And I feel like we're doing that with college football. It's like the Big Ten, is the rich is getting richer. They're saying, okay, we're going to take Oregon now and Washington. And you look at the the Pac-4, I guess it is now. I mean, I even heard the ACC is going to try to take those four reigning schools. which Ah, nah.
2: ACC is just looking at two of them. At two of them? Cal and Stanford—they haven't got any interest in Washington State and Oregon State. Well,
1: they—but if they do that, I have a question for you guys. I've been dying to ask all day. Won't that mess up the grant of rights because it's a new contract?
2: Well, there would have to be an agreement that if they 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 invited them, they would uh keep the same grant of rights agreement. Um, I'm assuming. I, I don't know what's going to happen with that. It, it's it's nuts when you. Really look at that. Um, I, will the ACC take throw a lifeline to Stanford and Cal? Would it be football only? Would it be all sports? I, I'm guessing football only. Um, you know, who knows? I I, I, I don't know. I, I could see Cal, uh, Oregon State, Washington State end up in the Mountain West, and Stanford going independent. Um, I, I'd like to say they were all four coming to the American. I know we're, our Rasko, Michael Rasko is trying to make that happen. I don't think it's going to. I hope it does. I don't think it will. Um, I don't. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. As far yeah. as the pay, as far, some people still think the Pac-12 is going to, those four are going to survive and take teams from the Mountain West and the American. It's just not going to happen. They have their TV deal ends this year, so they. That was the difference when the Big East got raided, and you know what became the American. They were on us with a couple of teams. They still had years on their TV contract. They've got no TV contractors up this year. There's none in place. You know, whatever they had negotiated, obviously, is off the table now because there's only four of them left. Um, and there's no exit fees coming their way because the TV contract's up. So there's literally no exit fees. So I don't think that conference survives. It's going to be interesting to see where they go. I don't know. man. My, my gut tells me Stanford – will either end up in the ACC or independent in some way, shape, or form, maybe Cal, Oregon State, Washington State to the Mountain West, and maybe Cal to the Mountain West. I, I don't think you're going to see Stanford in the Mountain West. I think they go independent before then.
1: I don't, yeah, I don't think for those schools, maybe I'm wrong. I know desperate times, desperate measures, but the American is better than the Mountain West.
2: It, it, it is, but it, it, there's going to have to be some serious money offered by ESPN for for that to happen because they would, you know, the travel cost. Um, so I, it, it, ESPN, it's going to depend on how bad the ESPN wants to help the American out and get that West Coast content uh, for that to happen.
1: Well, you have West Coast, you'd have uh, from noon all the way up to what, 10 o'clock at night, that 10 o'clock window. I mean, you have games all day long.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I would be in favor of it, but I just yeah, – the, the ESPN is going to have to pony up for it to happen. Um, JC,
3: what do you think about this, JC? We have four four remaining teams from the Pac-12, essentially homeless at this point with no TV contract. Yeah. What do you uh, What do you think of this situation? Like, do you, do you have any thoughts or do you
0: see anything happening with this? I, I – th- I think they're screwed. I mean, they're just screwed. <laughs> they're screwed. Yeah. I mean, The thing is right now um, they're in shock. They got to figure out, they, they, you know, Kyle mentioned the AAC. I, I mean, okay, I, I could go to that, but the, it's all about, you know, think about these spring sports. I don't know what they're going to do about those non-revenue sports, Matt, because uh, what are you going to do? You're going to have the volleyball team travel from Pullman, Washington, to Greenville, North Carolina, and take their chemistry
2: lab. No, the there's you a couple like options there, jobs. JC. What, what you could do, yeah. Is, it, if you added those four, that would put us at um. That would that would put the American at mm-hmm. um, at, at 18. And then if you could get say San Diego State and Boise from the Mountain West, that would put us at 20. Oh. And ha- ha- half of our schools are in Texas, yeah. so to me, what you do for football. You, you, well, football's not so important because you, you, it's easy to figure out. But for the Olympic sports, you divide it into two 10-team divisions. You have a Texas West division, and then everything East of Texas yeah. division. That's uh, how I would do it.
0: I mean, I, I guess there are ways. I mean, they can use – I mean, they're they're smart guys. They can figure it out. But the Pac-12, as we know, is gone. And, and I, I, I don't – I mean, I don't have a problem with any of this because here's the reason why um, – You know, the presidents are doing the same thing that they're yelling at the players for doing. And so, to me, it seems somewhat hypocritical. It's a big money grab, and at some point, everybody's going to reconcile with the idea that this is all about money, and that's why they're doing it. And they have to get these television contracts to to compete. Florida State is pissed because they feel like they're going to fall behind the SEC and the Big Ten teams. If they can't somehow get out of that ACC deal, and without the money from Saudi Arabia or J.P. Morgan Chase, they're not getting out. When you have a hundred and twenty million dollar exit fee, and about I don't know how many hundreds of millions or however many it is to 30, 2036. so I, 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 there's going to have to be some outside influence to get that going because I just can't see them believing that a Rights deal or the exit fee in the ACC. Well, they yeah. talked
1: about that with lawyers, Matt and uh, Kyle and JC. They're, the proposal they have, they've already floated out, guys, is what they're going to do. Is, uh, it's going to be, you know, when lawyers get in a room, they're going to negotiate. It'll come down. The question is, how much would it come down? But they said what they're going to do is they're going to give $400 million. It's $40 million a year for 10 years. Would the ACC take that? I don't think they would take that. Because I, heard
2: 300, I heard $300 million. Oh, wow. Well,
0: yeah. Uh, first of all, let's start to remember this too. Florida State and Clemson are making a lot of noise, but has anybody invited them to their conference yet? I, I mean, we don't know if they have or not. I mean, we're talking about them being uh, wanting to get out, but where are they going to go? Nobody's, I, to my knowledge, has even come
2: to. The table. Well, I don't think so, you can invite them because of that grand rights. Yeah, you can't. I mean,
0: they don't own their rights to their home games. They can't go. It's 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 just the way it is. And so you're right. It's going to have to take another uh, financial incentive.
1: I mean, what, what would you do, Matt? I mean, you're – You're <laughs> you're, J- you're, you know, because then you have Paul Feinbaum that's saying uh, – Feinbaum is saying they're better in the SEC. Well, okay. The, Who's it looks better like, in the SEC?
2: Florida State and Clemson.
3: Paul Feinbaum thinks everything's better in the SEC. Uh, yeah.
2: Paul Feinbaum. <laughs> <He does>. Paul <laughs> no, Feinbaum's if, ears are better in the SEC. They're big. Uh, I. Mean, I uh,
3: he thinks uh, that the world – begins and ends with now no offense jc we love the sec but <laughs> no, fine no, we bob, really don't fine, <laughs> fine fine bomb drives me nuts because if you listen to him and, and i know he gets paid by the sec network all that but he um you know you would think that there's no other football in the world <laughs> bob Bomb's a complete
1: clown he's all no, an he, act no look here's the thing he started out the, the reason why he's uh, SEC-centric. Hey, he started
2: out Birmingham Radio, yeah. Right,
1: and so and he's on the SEC network.
2: Yeah, he's a clown. So
1: why? Why am I going to talk about it? most of the stuff you're going to talk about? You're you're simulcasting a show. Not that I'm here to define – He can defend himself, but he's simulcasting a show. Oh, he's smart.
2: Show. he's smart. He's smart, but he's a clown.
1: How's he a clown?
2: Oh, because well, I, he says stuff. He, ask him about East Carolina football if he if he would know his head from his ass that's why he's a clown he he doesn't know anything but the SEC he he's right. not well versed he he, he you, you ask him ask him off the top of his head what East Carolina's record was last year if we went to a ball game see if he knows he 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 knows he I tell knows. You, okay, I would
1: love to I would love to have Kyle from the McGrange call in you are a legendary caller on pirate radio yeah, On uh, the fifth quarter, why don't you call in the show? Because I have no interest. Kyle, would
0: Kyle, Kyle wouldn't sit around and wait for five hours to get on either. Kyle, exactly. Kyle's You're damn got, right. Kyle's <laughs> got better things to do. But, um, you know, the, the thing with Paul was that it, it was nothing until Saban showed up. When Saban showed up and the Alabama thing got going finally, and Auburn and Alabama created that rivalry, and then some crazy man poisoned a bunch of trees, that's where he got all his uh, attention and that and when that happened when that happened um, they started the, uh, the the following started to grow more um, more globally let's just say and so there you have it and the SEC jumped on him because they yeah. consider him the authority of the league that they that they have I,
2: I just don't like his style I give me Tim Brando uh, in, in that style of broadcasting every Paul bob no, I love
1: I love Brando but I, I just you know like the only thing that he, uh, we, he's an LSU guy, he's all yeah.
0: LSU. I mean, he, he, he's all LSU. He was doing LSU television when I was doing Florida. Fortunately for him, he went a lot further than I did, but, uh, but no, Tim, uh, Tim's LSU, man. He's a, he's a tiger.
2: Yeah. But cool. Brand, but Brando, if you ask him about East Carolina, he'll talk about them with respect. We're fine. Bob. you know, we'll call us the Eastern Carolina and,
4: yeah.
2: and pretend like you don't even know what our mascot is. Yeah. Well, he,
1: he actually had a, he had a guy on today that was uh, very complimentary. of. Uh, he talked really highly of, obviously, Pat Dye, and he talked highly of East Carolina and all the big wins before <laughs> Pat Dye came to Auburn, and maybe it's because of that. But he was speaking highly today. I listened to his show that. and uh,
2: He was I, speaking like, highly or his guest?
1: No, he was about how we, at East Carolina, we've won a lot of big games. And it started with he was talking about Pat Dye. And then he he did talk about that, and he he jokingly said that uh, when he was a young reporter, when uh, when Pat Dye came to Auburn, he said somebody asked him, you know, how long is it going to take before you beat Alabama? He said sixty minutes. <laughs> 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 um, but anyway, he uh, not the only thing I don't like is when he you know the the arrogance of uh, oh they have a cupcake schedule of Michigan. And they're easily going – they don't even need uh, – you don't even need Harbaugh on the sidelines. I guess what they could do is just have no coaching staff because you need to go ahead and give the trophy to Michigan because they're automatically going to win the national championship. Yeah. Um, if I'm Harbaugh, I would hate the fact that okay, when they have success and then all of a sudden um, everybody's just saying they're the anointed one, they're going to win the national – I've heard so many talking heads. I'm like, we haven't even played one down at college football. We have no idea – in reality, who's going
2: to win? Well, they have, they have to talk about somebody. You know, uh, they, they could talk Georgia—that's old hat. And quite frankly, I think as we'll get into G- J- JC, uh, probably knows a lot more about Georgia than I do. But I think, uh, you know, we, we, when you uh, when you lost Munkin, uh, I why in the world bring back Bobo? I just do not like that decision. JC, yeah. so, uh, we'll, we'll get into Florida. Let, what do you think about that decision? The Bulldogs bringing in Mike Bobo's offensive of coordinator. I don't uh, like yeah. that at all.
0: know uh, I was surprised by it. Kirby and he, they must have something uh, to surprise us with. I'm not sure. I think it's just the coaching world is so small, Kyle. And I, I, to me, it's it's just uh, it's just where they're comfortable. I think Kirby, you know, I can't really second guess anything he's done thus far, though, Kyle. I mean, he's. He's been very, you know, very successful to this point, and uh, you know Georgia before Kirby really was not, and they couldn't beat Alabama, and they just didn't have the 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 they didn't have the if factor to win these close games under Mark Richt, and um, so I can't really second guess what Kirby does, but yes, I like you, I, I was surprised to see that hire, but I'm not surprised that uh, Georgia is picked to finish, uh, you know number one in the east for sure and maybe even in the conference right now by the media.
2: I, I think Munkins is way undervalued as an offensive mind. And uh, I, yeah. I don't think people I don't think people are are taking that loss, him him, him going to the NFL from Georgia and then them bringing him up. I think it's gonna I could be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh I, I just I think Georgia's gonna take I mean, not a huge step back. I don't think they're going to go seven five,
4: well, but the-
2: I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I think they're going to take a step back this year. I, th- I think that losing Munkin and then I, I'm going to I'm going to make a bold prediction here, and I have nothing against Mike Bobo as a person, but I bet you Mike Bobo is one and done at Georgia.
0: What, yeah? Uh, you know, have you had a chance to look at that schedule? I mean, that schedule that they have. Is just so so lame, uh, I, and I'm not blaming them, but they uh, have no.
2: no what but, is their what is their non-conference? Obviously Georgia Tech. What is the rest of their non-conference? their
0: non-conference schedule? Is isn't even worth mentioning. You've got Ball State, you've got you've got you've got um, uh, I mean Tennessee State or Ball State or somebody like that. You've got Georgia Tech at the end of the year, but their first real true road test is in November at Tennessee, and anything can happen by the time they get to that game. But honest to God, if you pull up the Georgia the Georgia schedule this year, it is it is really easy, and I I can't I can't imagine them not just having their way with everybody up until that Tennessee game in November. But um, you yeah, know the East is what it is. I think the surprise that we're all living with where I'm at where I'm at, where I'm at right now is that Chris Doring, a former Florida Hall of Famer, has the Gators sixth in the East. He picked them sixth, and for some reason he's got this love affair with the Kentucky Wildcats. And he's got them second, and I know Devin Larry's going to have a, a a nice run there. But uh, but let's be honest, I mean uh, Florida six. If you went to Biloxi or Vegas or anywhere they allow sports gambling, you can get the Florida Gators at over five and a half wins right now if you like money. And I I mean they had an awful roster last year and won six games, and that's not acceptable. But it's over five and a half. So if you like money. Send somebody down to Biloxi and go ahead and throw what you got on the Gators over five and a half. I can't imagine them not winning five, uh, six games this year. Shane thinks they're going to win eight. I don't see that, but maybe they will. I don't, you know, we'll see. They're unknown right now.
1: Hey, JC, I'm going to, we, all we have to do is drive up to Portsmouth now, the
0: oh, right
1: across. It won't be. And we have sports gambling starting next year in North Carolina.
0: Oh fantastic. Well they the, uh, the new World. <laughs> the Indians here in Florida ha- still will not uh, we haven't figured out how to do that yet. The Indians want it but they don't want to share it with the other companies. So we got a big problem down here in Florida. Can't do sports gambling. It's unbelievable. Third most populous state in America and you can't do mobile sports betting. I went to Illinois 3 weeks ago and I had all kinds of fun on my FanDuel. I can't even breathe sports betting down here in Florida. It's unbelievable. <laughs>
1: That's amazing. I thought you I just assumed you guys already
0: no, they got the damn horse racing and the dog racing and all this crap. The high line down there. They got such garbage down here to, to gamble on. Lotto. I mean, dear God. And yet they can't figure out sports. <laughs> yeah. You
1: know, Johnny all the, all the,
0: Well, all the Jewish guys from the north got that parameutual wagering crap down in South Florida, and they kicked the Indians out with the Hard Rock. They tried to open an app last year on the Hard Rock app, sports betting app. We were all having fun for about three weeks, and then some crazy federal judge or district judge or whatever she was, shut it down. So we're gonna to have to wait until they can figure out this thing. I, I it's just embarrassing. So Jersey,
3: come on up to Jersey, need, Jersey, JC. We'll take uh, you to Atlantic City. Yeah, and, hey. And, and, and I know a few guys on the piers. We'll get it done. Yeah. You know? All right. Over
0: five and a half, man. If you like money, got almighty, they gotta win six games.
2: Come on. So the five and a half. So the overrunner on the gators is five and a half. Five yeah, and yeah. a half. I, I I've been looking, I gotta look at the schedule. I just looked at Georgia's schedule. Georgia's schedule is extremely weak. You're right about uh, that. I think so- Florida can win man. seven. I'll go seven.
0: That's what I said. I said seven and five. Shane's got eight and four. You got a couple of nine win guys, and then you got Chris Story. Well, Chester all you got
2: to say, do right? is go six and six to get the over. Right,
0: so. that's it. I mean, come on, they did six and six with a garbage roster last year. Yeah, they I couldn't stop they're... anybody. They're the worst
2: defense. Do y'all play? Ever. I'm assuming you guys play Florida State last game of the year.
0: Yeah, Florida State's always. I mean,
2: you, you literally, you literally can take Georgia and the over. Excuse me, Florida in the over. And then if you guys are, are are five wins and needing to beat Florida State to go six, yeah, bet bet Florida State for that game, and you, you're going to win either way.
0: You're going to win every, either way, Kyle. So that's exactly right. You've got you've got really three patches: Vanderbilt, you got um, some other t- uh, McNeese State, and some other garbage team, and then you've got the SEC, where I know they're going to win a couple of SEC games. They they always win a few of those. So yeah, they beat Texas A&M last year. Nobody remembers that. They beat their ass. So, I don't
2: know. We'll see. I think a a lot of people are beating Texas A&M. Well, I mean. Even App State, JC. App State.
0: App State. That's right. App State. I can't wait until you guys are running up up and down the field on Michigan. I I can't wait to see it because you may not stop them, but I think you're going to score. So, if you're going to give me the 36, just go ahead and put me down for a few bucks, Matt. Can you do that for me, please? JC, I
3: got Jimmy two times on the get other get line. Jimmy,
0: Jimmy, two times. I got Jimmy at 36, and I got,
3: I, got, I got 500 on the Gators plus five and a half. Uh, buddy, I, I mean, yeah, this is if great. you this like, like money,
0: I mean, you, I, it's just if you like money. I, I mean, some folks don't need money, but I mean, if you like money, go get it. But yeah,
1: uh, I got to pay for my kids' tuition, so JC's going <laughs> to help me. When my kids go to college, I'll put a college fund, and I'll just get him to pick, pick all the stuff.
0: Well, I'm going to lose my Sunshine State parlay with Florida plus seven at Utah. They probably won't win that. I'll cover it. And Florida State over LSU. I got Florida State plus three in Orlando against LSU. Everybody forgets how Florida State kicked their ass up and down the field last year in the Superdome because Jane Daniels couldn't figure out anything. Uh, He's better now, obviously, and that's going to be a tough game for them to win. But they're getting three. So
2: we'll see. You, you mentioned the game against Utah. The Gators open up with the uh, with the Utes Thursday night. Yeah. September 1st. Uh, it's going to be a great game to watch if you're a neutral fan like, like you know, the, yeah. us here on the podcast with the exception maybe of Matt. Uh, looking forward to that one. He's, he's, he's got to put up with Chrissy. Yeah, that's what I just said with the exception of Matt. Like, or, so uh, <laughs> uh, what do you think about that game? I mean, obviously traveling, yeah. to the, the, the Utes got you guys in games for last year. You got to go to Salt Lake City this year um do, do, you, do you think the Gators can go on the road and 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 I guess Eric what, what's the spread in that game Utah's slight favorite
0: yeah no uh Utah's a seven and a half point favorite okay and my little parlay has Florida State and Florida I don't know if I like that it really just depends on Kyle and Matt and Dave it depends on Cam Rising you know he busted his ACL in the Rose Bowl and they lost to Penn State if you think about it that's January, and we're going to August 30th at Salt Lake City. I can't really I can't really say for certain that he's going to even start in that game. I mean, right, think right. about it. It's eight months. And, and what kind of practice time are you going to get throughout August? So it's really seven months with a torn ACL. I don't know a lot of guys who come back 100% or even mentally from a torn ACL in seven months. But having said that, Utah's got a fantastic defense. We don't know what Florida's going to be able to present. Other than a massive offensive line, if it's any good, I don't know. But they'll run the ball, and they'll try to keep the score down. And Utah's good on defense. It's going to be a very exciting – I'm going to go. I'm going to be at Salt Lake for that night. Yeah. I, I can't wait to get there and play some golf at the Promontory and just see what it's all about in that part of the country as they uh, play the Florida Gators on August the 30th. So, I really yeah, like I you. mean, one thing about them, one thing about Utah yeah. is when Cam
3: Rising is healthy when he's, oh, he's man. playing. I mean, they're yeah. completely different. He's the heart and soul of that team. Yeah. I'm a big fan of him. He just –
0: he's got a swagger
3: he plays with.
0: They should have beat Florida last year. You know, they had the ball first and goal, fumbled it in the end zone, turned it over. At the end of the game, they had the ball first and goal, plenty of time, rising through a pick in the end zone. They had two chances to score. They should have. If they score one of those two chances, they beat the Gators. But they didn't, and Florida won that game. And uh, then Utah went on to win the Pac-12.
2: Yeah, yeah you, you're, you, you're correct. Actually, I spoke, I misspoke earlier. I said that uh, yeah. they got you last year in game school, but uh, you guys actually won that game. I remember that now. Yeah. Utah had every opportunity to and couldn't get it done. That's
0: right. They they turned the ball over twice in the end zone. But rising is a real deal. the tight ends real deal. Their defense is, is stout. The coach is excellent. They'll have 65,000 fans of Salt Lake. It'll be great. <laughs> and that'll be, you know, right before you guys run Michigan out of the building at 12 o'clock on Saturday.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, can't, I can't wait to call Kyle and um said, dude, you could have been here with us.
0: He's not going he's, to the big house. I have,
2: I have no interest in watching us go Yeah, get our brains beat in. He, yeah, but he's a pirate. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, JC, just in case you haven't figured it out yet. Dave, you, you want to pay it? my way to Michigan? I'll, I'll go. You ever see, uh, I don't know if you ever watch Hannity or some of these political shows, but like, yep. mm-hmm. you know how they'll have like, you know, Hannity will have a guest on and they're, you know, they just argue back and forth all night. Yeah. This is Kyle and Dave. They don't agree <laughs> on much when it
1: comes to sports. <laughs>
0: well, they yeah. love their pirates. They love their pirates. They, and, uh, they know, do agree uh,
3: on that.
1: They do and agree, and- on that. agree on music. We, for the most part, we agree on music.
0: Pirates should have beat the damn Gators down here. You it had us down here. <laughs> What
1: was it? yeah, 2015. Yeah,
2: 2015, 2015. Um, yeah. Yeah, if we if we'd had a quarterback, we would won quarter, that game. our
1: quarterback went down. What was the guys a week before the season with Ben? Uh, it, was about,
2: it was about two. Yeah, two it was about two weeks. Like, two weeks.
1: It was really.
3: Oh, I'm sorry, Dave. I didn't mean to cut you off. No. Uh, I was to say Blake Kemp. Right, he played his ass yeah. off. That he night. did. He played so, well
2: that game. He played up his abilities threw a pick at the end. Yeah, down really? in the red zone. But uh, we we yeah. almost beat the Gators well, this Michigan team's a little bit better than that Gator team was. Yeah, a little team. bit. Uh, just
0: a little. Just a well, little bit. Let
3: nice. me tell you a quick story, guys. JC, you'll appreciate this. Yeah. So, I was at that game in 2015 with about 40 Gators. Oh. So, we all we had a big tailgate party. Yeah. We went to the game. They talked trash. the whole. We're going to kill East Carolina. This and I, I stayed quiet. Yeah. I stayed quiet. First offensive possession of the game, we threw a deep fade route. Oh, yeah. To the left corner of the end zone for a touchdown. Yeah. I lost it, and then at the very, <laughs> end, <laughs> at the very end, we're driving down the field. Yeah, Should have won. Game. The Did quarterback fumbles
1: know. the ball, right? I
2: that. Did I have that right, Dave? It was, it was a pick or a fumble. I, I can't fumble.
3: remember
1: now. It was
0: a fumble. It's a fumble. It was
1: a yeah, the yard line. Oh, was,
0: well, what are you gonna do? What are you hey. gonna do? I mean, hey. it's, it's just one of those days. But they played their their hearts out, and. You know, they're always tough. My first TV job was in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and I covered ah. some of this. Brett Favre was the quarterback for the Golden Eagles. One of the best games that came to M.M. Roberts Stadium was the East Carolina game. And exactly. it rained like hell, but I was there, and it was fun to watch.
2: Jeff Blake versus, versus, versus Brett Favre.
0: Yeah.
1: Two NFL quarterbacks. We got comments and questions tonight, and let's go here to Kenneth, who says, Go Pirates and Gators, ECU undergrad 04. And at UF grad in, in UFN grad school now, lifelong UFN half family in Ocala.
0: Oh, cool! Well, that's awesome. Yeah, Ocala is a great place. Marion County is booming down there. They like business in Marion County, whereas the liberals in Alachua County do not. But having said that, uh, it's good to know. Uh, good to have you with us, and I I'd certainly uh, everybody has to remember that the one thing I get a lot of grief about up here is Florida is my graduate school. I actually went to Alabama. And so, <laughs> so I get it from all angles, but they haven't really said much since 20, 2008, So I've been okay so far, since then.
2: So, so is your allegiance first to Bama or? Oh, or?
0: I, oh it's it's Alabama. That's my alma mater. But I did graduate okay. work at UF, and and that's where I started the TV business. And my whole family is Florida Gator grads. So I live in Gainesville, born and raised. And I, I guess I love the Gators too.
1: And you gotta love Shane Matthews, right? You Shane
0: understand. is something. He's something. I've known him for thirty something years, and he's uh, he's the same guy he was back then. Very low key, but he knows football and the offensive side of the game as well, as good as anybody. I've talked to so many people in the business, and and he is he is very bright. They gave him a color cor- a color commentary job here. He coached in the uh, – what was that league that just got done That the Rock Runs? The
4: uh,
0: XFL. X, the XFL. So he was the OC for the worst team in the league, but they had one of the better offenses statistically, and that was the Orlando uh, Guardians. So um, he's, he does well. He does well, and he knows his craft, and that's that's about the extent of it.
1: It's going to be Jay- fun. JC, Jay- so who- i
0: got to give you a hard time
3: about one thing, all right? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You do have one – massive cupcake on the schedule this year. Oh, and I mean the cupcake of all cupcakes. You ready? Mm-hmm. The Charlotte 49ers. The Charlotte 49ers. The <laughs> 49ers. He's got one of the,
0: coaches. He got of the
1: best coaches in all of America in his mind. Coach yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know a damn thing about the 49ers. Neither I don't.
2: does anyone else.
0: Yeah, that's right. For, except They're going to take a check and they're going to take a check and, and, uh, You know, run out of town after that game. Um,
1: October 21st, we're playing them, and that dude is already talking all kinds of smack. He's on you.
0: It's an in-state rivalry, man. In-state rivalry. They want it
2: to be. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll actually give him a little credit. If he's doing it for the right reasons, if he's talking trash to East Carolina and App State and pumping his chest and banging on podiums, and creating enemies, if he's doing it I can't say that word. Strategically as a strategy. If he's doing it as a strategy to, to, to get interest for Charlotte 49er football and to create rivalries with East Carolina and App State, then he's a genius. If go. it's his natural personality, then he's a complete idiot. I'm not sure which one it is. I'm, I, I, that's what I keep telling people. I'm not sure if this, this, I guarantee you this. He will either be the kind of coach that wins eight or nine games in his first year, or he's going to go zero and twelve. There's going to be very little. He's the,
1: he is the Rex Ryan of the A.C. I'm telling you, Rex Ryan. He he smells and reeks of Rex Ryan. You know, he's going to give you all these things. We're going to win their Super Bowl. We're going to do all this stuff, and and
2: it's well. Great. But you know what? He kind of also reminds me a little bit of Jim Levin and Jim Levin was is I I don't think he ever got the credit for what he did at South Florida building that program, but they haven't been the same since they fired him. Um, And so that's what scares me. They fire every coach at USF, including Scott. Yeah, I know. I
0: I don't know why, but Alabama's actually playing USF in Tampa this year in the third weekend of the season. I have no idea who got that, uh, who had that idea, but we're going to try to bank both games, that one in the afternoon, come back. I guess, I mean, Nick shouldn't have much trouble though. He doesn't have much trouble in South Florida. But, um, you know Levitt, you mentioned Levitt Kyle. I think they were number one or two in the country after they beat FSU for about a minute and a half
2: yeah they, they were right up there and uh, they they was
0: were. that's as good as it got at southern at south Florida that's yeah you it. know
2: he he took them to a ball game every year yeah. they, just, they, yeah. they thought they thought they could do better, but they have not reached those levels they had a brief little nope. was, it, was it was it was it uh was it uh who, who the hell was was it strong was it Charlie strong somebody had a brief little run there Willie Taggart. Taggart had a brief run there that was successful, but it didn't last right. long. Not at
3: all. No, no, no. Strong was there, too.
2: Uh, really yeah, but he was a disaster. Yeah, huge disaster.
1: Yeah, but J- – oh, J- J- like, The last three coaches they've had, am I wrong on that? The, the last, last
2: two, three. Taggart won there. He left and went to Oregon and then Florida State. But That's right. The last two. The last two, too. Okay.
1: It okay. yeah. feels yeah. like, like Scott got fired and Strong got fired. It feels like they just fired – Skip Holtz got fired. Three out of the last four, right?
2: Tough yeah, winter. correct.
0: No, no on-campus facility. Tough to win there.
2: Yeah, they're building one. They're they're, they they're making plans to build one. So
0: yeah,
1: they're raising something like two hundred fifty million, guys. $200 Two hundred million, two fifty between they and. Uh, I was gonna say Vegas, God. They and Memphis are raising a lot of money. Um, our it's uh, dwarfs are sixty million. We're raising right now. with Pirates
2: unite. Yeah. It's- I think we're going to – it is what it is. They're going to be building stadiums from nowhere to go, it looks like to me. So,
1: Hey, we're going to have uh, – I'm telling you guys, I we're, the AAC is a lot better shape than the Pac-12.
0: <laughs> so, I think Oresko's done a good job there. I, I mean, he's kind of unsung hero, so to speak. I mean, he gets on a uh, serious radio, and he – has a lot of good things to say. I like the conference. I think it's, you know, they do the best they can, and, and it's all about securing television money. And I don't know what this what the payout is per school in in East Carolina's it's conference. Million. How much? Eight million. Yeah, that's. T- I mean,
2: yeah. Compared well, to the SEC, it's nothing compared to the rest of the group. It's actually the highest of, the, of all the group of five conferences. Okay. Not even so, so oh. it's, that's sad. I mean, that that's just. That's just yeah, reality. That, that yeah. just shows the, the, the difference of the haves and the have-nots. And, and you know, when I hear Florida State whining about, what is it, 20, 30 million a year from the ACC, 40. I'm like, you know, shut the hell up. <laughs> I think what's really pissing was really pissing FSU off, it ain't Florida. It's that it's UCF's making more money than them now.
0: Oh, I, you know, it's true. They're just worried about falling behind, and that's what they're trying to get out of. But Bobby was invited, and Bobby said he didn't want to go or come. To the yeah. SEC. And that was back in the eighties, I think it was. And he yeah. actually said, I like winning. He said, I don't want to go, I like winning. So there thanks you go. Bobby. Yeah. they got hey, they've got a great
1: coach now in Norvell. I really like him. And I know he, I was glad when he left Memphis to come. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: See, Norvell guys, he's the classic example in college football of you know, a coach needs a few years to get the program yeah. you know on the right track. And Norvell, prior to Florida State, he came from Memphis. He did a hell of a job at Memphis. He really did an outstanding job. He's a he's a great. If you watch him, like if you really watch him, he's a great play caller. But uh, after his first year at Florida State, they wanted to run him out of town. Yeah, and uh, and then things were even shaky his second year. But I kept saying to people because I'm just a believer in the guy. I said if you stick with him, he's gonna it's gonna pay dividends. And you started to see it last year. They had a good season. And I think he's got that thing back on the right track. But he's, if just from a pure offensive play calling perspective, I think he's among
1: the best. I really do. No doubt. And uh, you look at Napier, I pray that they will. Are Florida fans, are they patient with him? Because he's a great uh,
0: coach. I, I, they are. They like his organization. They they had a practice on Saturday. Um, and it's it, it was they let the fans come in. Yeah, first time this has happened since – I think must champ in 2014 that they actually let fans come and watch in the stadium to a, just a simple practice. And so he's, he's uh, trying to, you know, trying to get on people's good side, keep the honeymoon going, but six wins won't, won't keep it going. And so he knows that. And I think this roster is completely different. Absolutely a hundred percent different. Well, there's a couple guys running backs, but the wide receivers are different. The offensive and defensive lines are different. The front seven is going to be different. The quarterback's going to be different. Everything's going to be very different with this roster. And so, if he can get to eight, that would be a uh, a hell of a job.
2: We'll see. uh, What what are your to get to eight? Yeah. Give me your key must win games if you're going to get eight.
0: I think you have to beat you have to beat South Carolina, Missouri, and Kentucky. You have to beat those three. You're going to beat Vanderbilt, I think, even though Vanderbilt uh, beat them pretty badly up in Nashville. They'll be coming down here this time, Uh, so you assume they're going to beat Vanderbilt. But you have to win those three against those three Eastern Division teams, Kyle. And and I I don't I don't think anybody's delusional thinking that they're going to go to Baton Rouge and win, or even in Jacksonville and beat Georgia, or even for that matter, going out to Salt Lake. But I do think if you get those three very, excuse me, very winnable games. Remember, Kentucky's beaten them I think three years in a row now. It's crazy, but you got to win two of those three, or all three of those games, to get to seven or eight wins. And if they can do that, which used to be uh, used to be pretty expected. Nowadays, it's 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 iffy. Uh, they ran South Carolina out of the building last year, but South Carolina had a better finish. And uh, even though they lost the bowl game, but but really, that's, those are the games, Kyle, that they have to win.
1: I'm uh, worried about that Charlotte game for you, JC. Yeah, <laughs> sure.
0: Charlotte, McNeese. Uh, the Tennessee game will be fun to watch. Uh, we'll see if Joe Milton can can get the job done for Tennessee down here. It'll be it'll be rocking. But Florida, I said this the other day on the show, on the podcast, Florida could easily be one or two after the third third week and that's going to get some people a little cranky. At the very least you want to be two and one going into week 4 at Kentucky. Because if you're one and three going into week 4 at Kentucky and you end up going one and four then they'll be jumping off the ship like rats off the boat, man. They'll be yeah. Yeah. they'll be they losing their minds down here. And that's how they are. They 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 go nuts down here.
1: I, I yeah. know it will. And uh, hopefully we yeah. I love Napier, so I hope they'll give him a chance. We'll see. Uh JC, how can people right. with you? And uh, tell us about the show again before okay. we go.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it guys. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you tonight and I'm really hoping for good things for the pirates and, and the folks in Greenville. It's a great place. Um, uh, you can watch us on uh, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m., or anywhere you can get uh, Spotify, YouTube, whatever the hell these these uh, outlets are. Um, at Matthews in the Morning on Facebook Live and YouTube. My Twitter is at JC Sports Radio, and we'll try to keep you entertained at least for 30 minutes.
1: All right, sounds good, JC man. Uh, the best to you, and uh, give our best Thanks. to Shane. And Wendy. you're you got to come up here to a game, you and Shane, you got to come up. And we'll take very good care of you. I'll, t-
0: I'll, I'll take you up on that, Dave. Matt, Kyle, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. Good luck and go pirates.
2: Thanks, right. JC. Thank you, right. JC.
0: Okay, man.
1: Appreciate
3: Bye-bye. it. You, you know, guys, I, I I really like having JC on the show. He, you know, very uh down-to-earth guy. He's even though he's in the SEC, JC, you can still hear me, so I'm talking oh, good about tr- you. But, uh, okay, yeah. I'm trying. I can't
0: Please. see. I'm trying to. You know, <laughs> well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. If, if okay. you hit the leave, there's a little button on the there bottom. It is. Leave okay. stay. <laughs> it's 9 30. It's past my <laughs> bedtime. Thanks, guys.
2: We'll see yeah. you. All right, JC.
3: But,
0: but I was going to say, guys, JC doesn't have any
3: of that SEC kind of, he doesn't yeah. have that SEC kind of like arrogance uh, you see from yeah. so many people. So I appreciate that about nah, him.
2: Nah, he, he comes across as a good dude. A very genuine guy. I like him a lot. I, sometimes we have guests up here and I'm ready for him to get off the air and, uh, I enjoyed, I enjoyed having him talk, but uh, speaking of guests that you don't want to have get off the air, you, 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 you got the voice of the Tulane Green Wave, the most impersonated man in Pirate Nation, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Corey Glory.
4: Am I really the most, how am I the most impersonated man in Pirate Nation? I have a pretty generic Midwestern voice. Uh, there's nothing generic about, hello, gentlemen. Hello. Kyle. Hello. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think it's just Kyle. <laughs> nah, there's a lot of people that do I've heard Clip, I've heard Clip do it. I've heard Bubba do it. I've heard a lot of people do do, do courtroom impersonations. Yeah.
4: yeah, I didn't think I ranked above the rest of the pack in terms of most impersonated person to ever come through Greenville, North Carolina, though.
2: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, you're right up there. You're right up there. I'm telling you, people, yeah. people love you though, Corey. People, yeah, people, I, I, people. Hey, let me tell you something. There's been people. There's been people just just on message boards praying for you, just praying something would happen that maybe you would have Regan a second candle at Tulane or something, yeah. or you know, some somehow you'd end up back in Greenville because Lord knows we needed some sort of intervention.
4: Uh, <laughs> I, I I I'm here in Tulane. That's what, that's what I'll, I'll say. I, I don't know what, what more you want to talk about in terms of that. Don't um, you
2: want to comment in depth on it? Don't you want to talk about the Chris Edwards situation and everything? I think you wanted to really go in depth on that.
4: I, mean, I guess, Here's what I'll say I'm not sure there was going to be anybody who was going to do that job better than him in my time knowing him uh, and what he would have brought to that. you um, made a, a, a very foolish decision. And he he knows that, and uh, you know that said it, it's a shame because I think that that spot was meant for him. Just I've known him for seven years now. Um, to me, that was the no-brainer hire, um, the no-brainer person to take over that spot. Um, I, I didn't know what um, what what to that. I certainly know now. I, I had thought for since I known him that he had a, been a graduate. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he, he made that decision. He is owning it. Um, and and now it's, uh, it's, it's kind of getting pushed down the road a little bit with what happens there, but, um, no, it's a real shame because he, he was the obvious choice for that seat. Um, and I think he would have done some great stuff with it.
2: Yeah. I like Chris Edwards too. And I, I, you know, I'm joking about it. I was sad for him when it happened. I was really, Frustrated with, with with the everybody involved, I was frustrated that that he, you know, I don't know how he thought he was gonna that was gonna work out for him, you know, at the school saying he graduated from the school that hired him, and then you know the 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 people that play fly, I don't know how they missed that, I don't know how Gilbert missed. I, I was just confused on the whole situation, but you're right. Uh, there was two guys I thought the job was for three, counting you, uh, but not counting you of the, of the two that I thought we could get was Chris Edwards and Chris Haymire. Uh, we ended up with Chris Edwards, was happy. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. And then, you know, Hamire. Uh, nobody likes to be second choice. So, uh, so who knows how it's going to end up? We got to enter them for now, and uh, it'll, it'll. We'll, I guess will we'll find out soon enough after football season's over. Who's going to be the long term guy?
1: I have a question for you that just came to mind. I haven't thought about it, so I'm going to throw it out there on purpose because maybe that'll make good podcast gold. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to throw this out to the panel. Uh, so we have Jim Zoki for a year right do you bring uh can you bring Edwards back next year um can he paid the price he's he's taking he's taking you, a lot you of money.
2: can but it's going to take some people not having egos um it's gonna take some people that admit that they and I'm not talking about Chris Edwards so much I'm talking about other people admitting that they you know uh, he's not the only one that was culpable here. You, you know, you you, you, you got to do your background checks before you make announcements. So right. I I think you could. I think it could have been done to begin with. I, I think they could have gotten in a room with Chris Edwards and had a conversation with him and, and said, hey, look, you've embarrassed us. This is bad, but this is what we're going to do. We're, we're, we, we, we still think you're the best man for the job. We're going to require that you finish your degree, and we're going to deduct, we're, we're, maybe deduct your salary 5%, 10% until you finish that degree. Um, And we're going to release a statement and you're going to apologize, but we're not going to fire you. You could have handled things that way. And what a a good story that would have been, you know, but people's reaction is to, um, it's always people don't want to ever be creative and think outside the box and, and maybe do what's best for everybody. Uh, Somebody gets embarrassed. You've embarrassed me. You said you were an alum. Um, So now we're going to fire you. So could they bring him back? Yeah. Will they? No.
3: Yeah, and not to not to get on my on my high horse about this, guys. But like, the, you know, what's wrong with giving people second chances? I mean, like,
1: where did Absolutely. this come
3: from? Where where we just can't give? You know, people make mistakes. People make mistakes. It's not like he committed a crime. It's not like he he hurt anybody. I mean, yeah, this was a mistake. So so I guess what I'm saying is, I could honestly, if next year came around. Would I care if East Carolina decide to hire him if he's the best guy for the job? That's what it comes down to. Are you the best right. guy for the job? I wouldn't care. I'd be willing to give him a second chance, but unfortunately, yep. that's not really the way the world works these days. I mean, you know, especially when you're talking about college universities. Um, yep. You know, I, I just don't. I, I don't see it happening.
2: Egos get involved, man. I mean, you know, you had John Gilbert introduce. They, they had a. They had a a A soiree. A welcome event. and He was introducing him to people as an alumni, a graduate, and then found out a day later he wasn't. And when, when, when you get your feelings hurt, egos get hurt. It's just, it's just not going to happen. I wish it could. I, I really do. I, I'd <laughs> love to see him back with the job next year.
1: Heymeyer's not going to take the job next year, um, because no,
2: if Haymeyer wanted he it, he would have taken it. Person. He would have taken it now. Yeah.
1: And but anyway, I just wanted to say this, and we'll move on to talk to our great friend. Um, the thing is, for me. Is I, I think after a year, the dust settles, you bring him in and have a, I mean, a huge um, for me personally, I would tell him, you know, to go out and do a press conference, whatever you have to do to, to apologize to the public and say that you're going to work on the degree. Maybe he could go ahead and start working on the
2: degree now. Um, I would be that would be a smart move on his part to, to, to go ahead and finish the degree now at East Carolina if he wanted the job in the future, I don't, and I don't know, you know, I don't know what the man's home life is like. I don't know if he's got kids. I don't know if he needs to find another job immediately. Can he, does he have time to finish his degree? Did Duke hire him back? I don't know. Uh, Corey, do you know, did, did Duke hire him back Is for baseball or is he completely without I haven't,
4: job? I haven't heard what's happening there. Uh, I've had, a, I've had a, a little bit of chat with Chris since everything happened here and I'll keep that between us. Right. But, um, no, I don't know where things stand with with that. Um, I, I know how much he was looking forward to this job uh, in that position, and so I, I I don't know this time next year what what will happen here, both with him and with ECU. But uh, I know the work that he would have done there, and um, for uh, if he's going to get remembered for a a decision that he's made here, then I think that is uh, pretty unfortunate because he's a really damn good broadcaster and frankly, a better person.
1: Yeah. No. And here's another thing guys that I heard and I don't know because I wasn't a part of the process, but I was told because people said, of course they're judging him and I'm going, we've all embellished. I know it's a lie. I'm not trying to get in there, but I was told that they said the requirements for the job is a four year degree.
2: It was. It was part of the requirements. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess you're saying there you're put in a situation where you're forced to lie. I, I don't. I don't know. I you anyway, know who knows.
1: I like Chris a lot, so I'm not one to, a guy to bash. No, I,
2: I think all four of us would be perfectly fine with him uh, being brought back as the voice of the Pirates.
1: He's a guy, Corey, that you like you, that um, I know you're young and uh, I know how much you love East Carolina. <laughs> no, I'm getting old. Oh, whatever. Um, but you're a guy, what I'm saying is you're a radio guy. You're a guy that could stay at a school like a Tulane for a long, long time. If you want to, you've got New Orleans. That's what I told people. You have a single guy. He's young. <laughs> he's in one of the best cities in America. Great university in Tulane. You know, as much as I want you back, I totally get it, you know, and you gave us a great, uh, great time. And as a matter of fact, uh, I miss having the interactions uh, with you, uh, uh, with the baseball games. And a lot of fans do. But I know how happy you are at Tulane. And personally, I don't blame you one bit for staying at Tulane, you know, because that is a great school. You just won uh, the Cotton Bowl. The basketball is great. I'm sure baseball will be back up. So, calling all the sports, and you're living the dream, man.
4: The only problem I have right now is that it's been a hundred degrees <laughs> every day for two straight weeks, oh. and it, it's killing me down here. Outside of that, like I, I, I'm very, I, I mean it when I say I'm, I'm deeply happy where I am, uh, and, and so I, I'm thrilled that year three is coming up for me here because i think there's some the potential to have some very exciting things coming over the next 10 months here at tulane university
2: the number 23 ranked
4: tulane green wave
2: yeah
1: and uh by the way alan vick on the chris edwards situation real quick this young man simply made a mistake chris is a tremendous broadcaster i certainly hope he's able to put it all this behind him and work his way back up the ladder talent matters he will be able to do that unfortunately in the broadcast industry as many in any walk of life this is going to follow him for a while hopefully he can overcome this and have a long and successful career because he certainly has the ability no doubt alan and um you know hey um i would say to every uh person at the administration at ecu um they're not perfect um we don't have we've done many shows where they're not perfect and the same thing as far as PlayFly, play fly has been a huge disaster. So um, I'll say that publicly because,
2: <laughs> no, I'm Cor, sure Corey is, is just cringing right now. I know. I know.
3: So, so I have a I have a great segue here for Corey.
4: So we sure. off. So I'm a proud Learfield employee. There you uh, go. Yes. Yeah. So I'm we sorry. had Learfield until a year ago. I love
1: Learfield. Miss Learfield dearly.
3: So, so I'm changing topics. Yes, I'm yeah. changing topics. Uh, yes. I was thinking to you a few weeks ago, Corey, I, I saw a quote from Caleb Williams, the quarterback of USC. And I'll be honest, it really kind of pissed me off. Um, Caleb Williams quoted on why Tulane beat USC in the cotton bowl. He says, we didn't want to be there. Now I thought that was the most, uh, unprofessional response. I've heard here in a while. What did you happen to catch that? And what are your thoughts?
4: No, uh, that actually did not cross my radar. Uh, Shockingly, not a lot of USC uh, folks are interacting with Tulane folks over the last six months or so. Um, No, I mean, that's, I mean, he's lying. I mean, and he knows he's lying. Um, He had an unbelievable game. And for him to say that he didn't want to be there after the type of game that he had exactly. uh, is bullcrap. Um, yep. Look, I, I, I want to go after a kid here. He has a kid. But, um, no, he I mean – probably more money than you, Corey. Go after him. It, it's, it's a valid point. Uh, he <laughs> probably make a lot more money than I do. Um, I mean, it, it, if anyone watched that game and thought – that USC was in one of those types of moods where they, they were that close to a playoff. They, they biffed it in the conference title game and then they were stuck playing a, a little two lane. Um, that I, I don't know if you could have watched that game and thought that, um, they led for 59 minutes and 53 seconds. of yeah, that The game. last
2: seven seconds. they didn't want to be there.
4: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just the last seven seconds. Um, I mean, the, the things that Tulane exploited on them defensively, a lot of teams exploited on them all year. They lit up a very good two lane defense. They lit us up. Um, they did that to everybody this year. You know, the, the, the question heading in was whether or not Caleb Williams is even going to play because of a slight ankle injury. Well, he played. He made it very clear in December that he was going to play that game. He was determined to play that game and end the season right. Um, so if he didn't really come out a few weeks ago and say uh, he didn't want to be there, uh, he is absolutely lying. There's no two ways about that. Yeah, and what does it really matter?
2: I mean, honestly, uh, he can say what he wants to say. The result still stands. Tulane beat USC in the Cotton Bowl. He can say he didn't want to be there. He can say the rest of the team didn't want to be there, but he wanted to be there. He can say they want, He can say whatever reason, it, it, it doesn't change the results of the game. Tulane beat USC in the Cotton Bowl. That will be forever in the annals of history. The, the 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 Trojans will have to live with it. They lost to the Green Wave in the in, in the Cotton Bowl. But if, if we, um, I was glad to hear your passionate response from that, Corey. But um, as we look forward to the 2023 season, uh, you guys in the coaches' poll today are ranked number 23. I believe it's the first time in your program's history you guys have been preseason in the coaches' poll. Yeah. Um, so uh, congratulations on that. Um he, just overall, I mean, you guys have uh you, you lost a lot, but you got a lot coming back at the same time.
4: Yeah, I mean that that's that's kind of the nuts and bolts of it here, Kyle. I, I think the, the biggest I mean the, the losing Tajay Spears is uh he's about as irreplaceable as he can get for everything he did for Tulane offensively, especially the last six games of the year. Um, there's no, you know, single answer to putting that back into place. But I know Tulane's pretty high in the running back room that they have. Um, I think what, what's going to be helpful here is you have a fourth-year starting quarterback, Michael Pratt. You have his entire offensive line with one exception back. You have an entire defensive line back. Your cornerbacks are back. Um, and and so you, you're right, Kyle. There's a lot that returns the things that you – lose two defensive captains in a linebacker spot. Your safeties are all new. Um, there's a lot of coaching turnover that happens at a school this level after you have a year like this, um, but you didn't lose your head coach. And now it's the longest tenure head coach in this conference. And so um, he has had to deal with a lot of turnover in his time at Tulane after far worse years than this. Um, and so The fact that he's he's navigated these waters before and then he has his best recruiting class ever coming in and a couple NFL coaches to go along with the new staff that he's brought in. Uh, There's a reason why, you know, multiple reasons why expectations are as lofty as they are here now. I I think you start with just the man at the top. Like, I mean, to, to have Willie Fritz still around and still pulling the strings on this when he orchestrated the largest turnaround in college football history. you know That's why you know the good vibes are still pretty strong uh, after everything that happened last year, heading into this year, even with the turnover that exists in some key spots.
2: You guys, do, do you like, or I shouldn't say you, do, do you sense the team likes having um, a lot of expectations on UTSA? A lot of people picking them to win the league rather than Tulane being the all-out favorite, everybody saying the Green Wave is going to repeat. Does the team seem to like uh, having a little bit of um, a – a lot of people have UTSA as the favorite to win the league. Is that a little bit of a motivating
4: factor? I don't think it hurts. I mean, this program, since I would probably wager 1999, has never been the hunted until this year. Um, you know, 98 was an undefeated year in Conference USA. And then 99, they came back and the, everyone was chasing them and they got, got. Um, and so the fact that you have bring in, you know, six teams, but one of them has dominated their previous league the last two years. Um, I mean, you have two reigning conference champions in this league, which is hard to find. And so the fact that, yeah, that, that there are some publications that are picking UTSA, you know, The preseason conference poll has Tulane at the top. You just mentioned the coaches poll has Tulane in there. No other American team or or anything outside of the power five, four, whatever it is now are in the top 25. Um, There are still some big things that are picking Tulane to do this year, but you're right. There are a good number of people, a good number of publications that have UTSA doing winning this league. Um, So you know, a big part of last year is that Tulane kind of crept up on a lot of folks and Tulane took that to heart. Even the last week of the year at Cincinnati, no one really gave them much of a crack. And then they, Oh, you're hosting a championship game, but you're hosting UCF and Gus Malzahn. And so there's still some kind of question about whether or not this is for real. Now everyone knows this team's for real, but there's another team coming in. That's pretty dang real too. And so, I you know I don't think it hurts at all that this is not um, you know rubber stamped heading into the year that everyone thinks Tulane is the bell cow here. Um, this team thrives on uh, a little bit of being overlooked, and so if they feel they're getting a slightly aggrieved by some folks this year, I think they'll channel that the best way they can. I just realized they got to
2: Cincinnati, UCF, and South and, uh, in, in Southern California all three in a row.
4: Maybe, uh, yeah, three in a row. The, knocked off Houston in the last season as well. So, I mean, the teams that left for the Big 12, the team that's leaving for the Big 10, um, I don't know where else anyone else is going at this point. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a hell of a year. There's no two ways around it.
2: Yeah,
1: The Pirates uh, picked six this year. I thought that was uh, too low.
2: Before we finished last year. I don't even remember. We, finished, we last year. finished six and won eight games still.
1: I know. I'm just uh, for me personally. I think uh, people haven't done their homework on the guys that are coming up, and they say you don't have Keith Mitchell anymore, you don't have Holt Naylor's, but we have we have more than two players, and um, there is a lot of offense we lost, but there's a lot of guys that one thing about Houston is he's built the the depth. I know how much he thinks of your coach Corey, and has a lot of respect for Fritz. You know, building Fritz is, and and Houston are the same, and they take their time and they're building that program instead of trying to microwave it. They're building it the right way. Um, You don't hear all the off, you know, the field problems or anything like that. And so for me, I'm going, okay, the same way you guys should have probably be, you could be argued to be uh, first. uh, We should be, I think around fourth. It's not, you know, six and four, you know, fourth or six really doesn't really matter. I know, but I just thought that that would, that would be my honest gut opinion.
4: Yeah, I mean, Tulane last year was picked seventh. I mean, it, and so uh, I, there, there's a there's a firm grasp, certainly here, even though this is new territory for this program, that what was decided in Dallas with that poll, even what came out today with the USA Today poll, I means black squat. Like I mean, because you're right. There, there's, you know, there's probably one man who maybe knows the ins and outs of all 133 FBS teams. That's Phil Steele. Like oh, just what I well, thought you were going to say. Me uh, and Kyle Barber's a oh, close. Man. Man. You're a one A. Um, Don't forget I,
3: Bubba from China Grove.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm actually. I'm actually this
2: year. I suck. I really have done less research this year than I ever have. So uh, I'll
4: defer. I'll defer to Bubba as number two. Yeah, if he, if he's done dodging tornadoes, then we can ask him. Um, yeah,
1: he, he'll probably do, and I, I would say you probably would do better uh, with having more of your mind instead of so bogged down on 130
4: teams. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know uh, if anybody uh, knows a full deep dive in all now 14 teams of this conference like and, and can read it like you know, just going to spot it off right now um he'd be hard pressed to find those types of people for this league um especially with the new blood coming in you know you know phil Steele is and his team put together that book and who did he pick to win the league utsa yeah and so you know you know that's known here there's no question about it um yeah you know, so when you say like east carolina picks six because they don't really know Um, you know, Tulane was picked to win the league by the, you know, by the, the poll by the league picked in the coaches poll, you know, how much can they really discern what's going on here with the roster and the new coaches that are coming in? I I don't know if you'll get a ton of clear answers for that. That tends to be the case where if you win the league the year before, you're going to be picked to win it the next year. Um, Willie Fritz even said that in media day, he's like, all it means is we won it last year. Like that's all he did. And so, Um, and so, (laughs) I mean, this league, I think we've seen now and what we're starting 10 years of it. Um, there, there's usually going to be a weird little wild card thrown in how successful that wild card is, is is up to them. But last year it was a 12 and two team that nobody saw coming this year, you know you mentioned what Mike Houston and Willie Fritz are similar. And I can tell you it was my chats with coach Fritz. They're, they're very good friends. Um, and they, they talk quite a bit. They they had similar roads to travel, to get to where they are now with, you know, Juco level FCS level and, and just taking time to get to where they are. Um, they, they went the long way to be in right. their spots and now they're the, Two of the veteran coaches in the league, and so um, there is a very strong mutual respect. And they kind of, you know, from what I hear, like I haven't had any interaction with with Coach Houston. Programs are run somewhat similarly, from what I've heard um, and what I see up close with, on this side of things, and similar so,
2: backgrounds also.
4: What's yeah. that? Similar backgrounds.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, I mean, it's. Uh, you know, they, did, they weren't handed anything to get to where they got. Like, and so that's why I don't, you know, East Carolina at six, you know, when the the, the media and the, the coaches or whomever puts you out of that league poll, I think it's the media, um, mm-hmm. just looks at that. Like, I think they see you lose uh, the record-setting quarterback and a speed demon. Um, and how to and a good wide receiver too, and so two to good for, two good wide receivers too, and so yeah, I mean the questions are obvious, but I think what it leans to is what kind of the first cu- question was from Kyle there is how how does this team overcome some of the big losses that happened after this year roster wise? Well, it's a really damn good coach. I mean, and and that's what ECU's got too. And so um, nothing's going to be thrown at Mike Houston this year that he hasn't seen already. Nothing's going to be thrown at Willie Fritz this year that he hasn't seen already. Um, You got two of the smarter coaches uh, going in college football in these two right now, and they took their time and had their diligence to get to where they are now. Yeah, I think if you look at the league as a whole, obviously,
2: UTSA, Tulane, SMU, wherever you want to put them, one, two, and three. I think that's pretty easy. I think after that, Memphis, uh, you, Memphis, you, in that group. You, 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 well, I don't know, man. Memphis hasn't shown me they can stop air, so yeah, they can score, but uh, will they ever play defense? Um, I, but they they certainly have a lot back on offense. They 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 they, yep. they should they should be able to score a lot of points. Uh, Florida Atlantic, a lot of people are big on. I think Tom Herman's a wonderful coach. I think they've recruited well prior to him getting there, but is he going to step in year one and 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 have them in the upper echelon of the league? He might. He might not. I think if you you, you look at some teams behind cool. the, I think if you look at some teams behind the Pirates, a team that I think is being slept on big time is Temple. Temple's got a lot back. I think EJ Warner is the real deal, and nobody's talking about them. You you want to talk about a surprise team? I I keep an eye on the Temple Owls.
3: Yeah, and you know, th- guys, think about it from this perspective. What's the first thing you look at in the preseason when you when you pick up a magazine and you're doing your research on teams? The first thing you look at is, is the starting quarterback. And, you know, you, you look at, you look at Tulane, right. You have, um, you know, Pratt coming back for, it's gotta be his 10th year down there. It feels like he's been there forever. And then conversely, you know, you look at ECU, right. And, you know, the, the, the big question mark here, we all know about Mason Garcia's talent. We know about, you know, Corey, I'm sure you heard about the arm strength and, Uh, the physical abilities. The question is, is he able on Saturdays to go in and read defenses? Um, Because if I'm a defensive coordinator against a young quarterback, I'm throwing the book at him. I'm mixing up coverages. I'm disguising blitzes. I mean, I'm going to throw everything at him. So the question is, it's not the physical ability, but it's, can he read defenses? Can he make the checks? Is he mature enough to handle that? And, if he is, if he is what we think he could be, because we all think very highly of him, this could be a surprise season for ECU. If 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 not, then yeah. we're picked appropriately at number six. But it all comes back back to what you have a quarterback, right, Corey?
4: Totally. I mean, that's why um that's why I put Memphis kind of in that upper tier because of, of Seth Henigan and what he can do. Um, and what he has shown in his time there. Um, and, and I also get the sense just whenever we see Memphis and, and the environment around there and the, uh, the the intense focus on Ryan Silverfield, um, this is kind of a, a bit of a make or break for them. Uh, on top of what they're trying to do just uh, you know, athletic department-wise and, and fundraise and everything there, Um, We've seen a lot of schools, a lot of programs in the the league and a lot of sports kind of make changes in hopes of kind of bolstering fundraising goals. Um, And so I think that's why Memphis, you know, there's going to be a lot on them. It's how they handled that. But they got a stud quarterback to help lead the way there. And and, uh, that's why, you know, I, I, I like throwing Temple into that mix. We never see Temple here. I have not seen Temple since I got here. Not (laughs) in our schedule this year. Like I don't know when we'll ever see Temple on our schedule here at Tulane. But I mean, it's it, it starts there. It's and it's the the mix of what's your quarterback situation? How many reps does he have? And for the case here, I would throw in what's the coaching situation around that quarterback because technically. Michael Pratt is starting with his fourth offensive coordinator and Slade Nagel here. But last year, Slade Nagel was calling most of the plays for most of the year, but he was not the offensive coordinator. So there's a lot smoother transition heading into this year because Michael Pratt already knows the schemes that Slade Nagel likes to run. Um, And so, you know. Uh, I I think you can kind of go that step next and and see just what the coaching situation is surrounding how many reps a quarterback has, and you can kind of go from there. There, There's not a ton of concern around here about, frankly, making up the lost production of Tajay Spears, even though you're not going to find one back to do that, because I think you're going to see this team throw the ball more um, because they trust a fourth year starting quarterback to do so and a pretty deep wide receiving core now. Um, So Um, so, yeah, and, you know, ECU, you know, when you put that logic to it, you know, ECU maybe was picked a little bit higher because no one knows what their quarterback is going to be, but, you know, we've seen bits and pieces of Mason Garcia, um, and you're right, the skill sets there, now he's going to be thrown into action, he's going to be thrown into action at Michigan to start off, most likely, uh, and that's not going to be, uh, easy to say the least, um, but if, if there's some patience with him in that first couple weeks of the year, um, We'll see if that, that skill set that we know is there kind of uh, finally emerges here now that he's the guy. Or yeah, I,
2: I don't have a problem where we were picked. If you want to put us one spot above the fifth, because to me, Florida line is a bit of an unknown, but that would be about it. Uh, not saying we can't finish above that. I just don't have a problem with where we are preseason. Corey, I had a couple quick questions for you, and I'm going to probably step out of here early and turn it over to the other three guys first. Uh, you mentioned American Media Day.
4: Um, your thoughts
2: on Biff Koji.
4: I love the guy. I don't know why. Um does he I mean you can tell he comes from the Jim Harbaugh school, doesn't he? I mean, <laughs> he can come from that line of coaches. Um what what I found funny to me uh is that uh he got three questions asked to him. He was mad about that. He was mad. Um uh Willie Fritz got two. He, we, we won the league last year. He got two questions asked to him at media day. So if Biff's mad about that. Willie should be irate, um, but he's not. Um, you know, I, I, I don't mind at all with a program that's um, needed some fresh blood that is now entering a much stronger league than what they were just in. That's still very much in its infancy. Um you know, I don't mind uh, kind of lighting some sparks like he's doing. Um, if it doesn't pan out, uh, then we'll look back on this. There's no question. I don't know if it's going to pan out this year. Um, you know, that's another team that we don't see on our schedule here at Tulane. We don't see Charlotte this year. And so I don't really, I – you're talking about great unknown. I have no idea what they're going to look like. Um, you know, a
2: lot of grad transfers. A lot,
4: yeah. a, lot, a, lot, a lot of guys
2: from the portal, I should say.
4: Yeah, and, and you know you can very much build and win like that now, um, and so um, you know I, I don't mind I don't mind at all if, if he's trying to inject some life and some interest into that program right at a very important time for that program, and so um, if if he's ruffling feathers in in your neck of the woods or up in Boone or or wherever, oh, yeah. you know that's you know that's that's fine in my mind. Like I I, I like. Yeah. you talk if, if about talking He's doing program. it on purpose. Like, like I, said, the I think pre- he, is. he is. I think he is. Um, yeah. okay. So what he's, what he's saying, how he's kind of conducting himself, uh, you know, I, I, uh, you're seeing some kind of viral videos from Charlotte coming on their social media about how he's interacting with his players. And he's a much more affable guy than what we've seen here in the media. Um, no, I, I don't mind at all, uh, especially for where Charlotte is and what they are leaping into. Um, someone trying to kind of captivate a little bit there and, and draw some focus to them. If, if the wins and the losses are, don't work the way that the 49ers would like them to, um, you have someone that's getting focused. You have someone that's getting attention. And in this day and age of uh, just how quickly guys can switch around and, and bounce around at programs and how quickly schools bounce around at different conferences. And in this weird age we live in now, um, you're fighting for eyes, you're fighting for ears and um, he's doing it. And, and I, I don't mind at all what he's trying to do. We'll have to back it up at some point. I don't know if it's going to be this year, but um, it will have to come in wins and losses, but um if you want to kind of make a name for yourself, make a name for Charlotte right now, uh, full steam ahead as far as I'm concerned. And then my, my, my,
2: my other question for you and then I'm going to drop out of here is, uh, do you think there's any realistic chance that the Pac-4, Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, Cal end up in the American? <sighs> or any of the four? Because I do think there's a chance you can see Stafford Cal in the ACC, that (sighs) Oregon State, Washington State, trying to decide if they want to come here or go to the Mountain West.
4: I'm, I'm so tired of this, (laughs) and it's not you, Kyle, asking this. Just this whole thing, the last two weeks have been just exhausting with this. Like and. Um, you know I, I saw pop up today that maybe the AAC is trying to you know is doing some due diligence on this and I saw that the report about the ADC and, and the Bay Area schools um, we're losing the plot with this bad um, like I I, I think it, to see what's been a overwhelmingly negative reaction to the last really the last week i don't know if anyone really looked at colorado jumping back to the big 12 as like a like a seismic catastrophe Um, but i mean with like where in the world are we thinking that this is ending up here um power And, and the, you know, the ACC now now trying to jump in here and, and lightly was and so like, hey, let's let's really make this hard on everybody. Um, I, there, there's one simple answer to this, but we're beyond simple answers at this point. No one cares about simple answers. And geographical conferences, and that's the Mountain West and these oh. those four remaining coming together in some capacity, and then everyone shuts up for a while. Like there's, I mean, the, the problem with
2: that is there's no money to be made with that, and that's why sure. the, there's, there's no not. money to be made with. And Stanford, Stanford, I, I I just man, you know, and that is one way one 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 reason I think the American does have a shot. Stanford's a, they are a very arrogant bunch. And they are not going to want to. There, there is, there's. I could literally, besides Air Force, I don't think there's another school in the Mountain West they'd want to be in there with. But they would want to be in the same league with Tulane and Rice, and Tulsa and Navy and SMU. So that's where I do think the American, if the ACC doesn't take Stanford and Cal, nobody's going to the Pac-12. That, that I think we can pretty much say the Pac-12 is not going to invade the American and the Mountain West. There's no TV deal. They, they can't promise them anything. They, they, who waits until the last, till zero hour to get a media deal in place? Now there's no way for them to get a media deal in place. So you don't know what you're going to get. Uh, I do I, – what what it, I, and I'll leave it here. And, and, you know, not that anybody cares what I think. What I think is going to end up happening, I think the ACC is going to get involved. I think Stanford and Cal join football only. And then uh, Oregon State, Washington mm-hmm. State to the Mountain West because they're going to have nowhere else to go. And they won't see enough money. Uh, to come there's, there's that point if all four of them can't come, I don't see two of them coming to the American and the in the ESPN money going up enough to matter. But uh, Corey, is good talking to you, man. I'll leave it to Matt and Dave for the rest of the show. I have something I have to do. Good luck to the wave this year, except when they play the Pirates and uh, and maybe when they play Southern Miss also. I'm, I'm a big Golden Eagle fan too. <laughs> so, uh, of course, I know you guys have that one circled, but uh. Got it.
4: Yes, we do. Kyle from Lagrange Barber, pleasure to talk to you, my man. All right, man. Later, Later, Kyle.
3: Later, Kyle. So, I just want to jump in, like, really quick on that because, see, I personally don't see Stanford and Cal. Oh, Corey, you got a little block there.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to there get, you
3: get go, it, Cory uh, I don't. There. there we go. There we
1: go. I'm working on it.
3: I don't see that. I don't see Stanford and Cal going to the ACC because it's just two teams. It, like. So, in other words, you have one travel partner from the West Coast. You're playing all your games on the East yeah, Coast. going to happen. You're going to have half of your games five times a year uh, at minimum. You're going to be traveling across multiple time zones to the East Coast. I, I think that would make some more sense to me if, if all four teams potentially sure. were going to be added. But to just add two teams
1: mm-hmm.
3: from the West Coast, I don't see that as a – I just don't see it happening. It just doesn't work in my opinion, but what the hell? I mean, what do I know? I I mean, I'm wrong on everything regarding expansion. Um, my perfect scenario right now would be the remaining four teams and the mountain West form a super conference with the American. And, uh, I think that would be exciting for people. I think it would generate some, some TV revenue,
4: but what do I, 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 tend to, you know, logic says that, um, you know, Stalin, Stanford and Cal and the ACC don't quite mesh. Um, but again, we're, we're kind of out of logic um, by this point. So um, to me, it's if Stanford and Cal were investing as heavily in their athletic departments as the L.A. schools or the, the Washington's and Oregon's or even like the Arizona schools, it probably would have been snagged by someone by now, um, but that you know Stanford likes to spread the wealth in their athletic departments uh, and their programs, and Cal has had issues in their athletic department for a long time. Um, so I, I don't know. Even if they get ACC money, theoretically, the travel that they're going to have to offset here with their non-football teams, which everyone has forgotten about in this. And now now that this has all happened, this is coming to the light here of volleyball teams traveling cross-country and whatnot. And Stanford cares a ton about all their programs. Um, I just don't see how it makes sense for those two how it makes sense for the ACC, which your your most westward school in the ACC is Louisville. Like, I mean, at, at least the Big Ten, you got a Nebraska, like, I mean, sitting out there. And that's still not close to a Seattle or a Los Angeles. But you're talking about, um, you're talking about completely across the country in the ACC. And if Stanford and Cal, who have not, um, had the as much fervent uh, nature of really piling money into their athletic departments as all those other Pac-12 coastal schools has want to start flying to Syracuse and Miami and Charlottesville for these things. Like, I mean, well, I mean, we, we are, we are beyond the, the, the threat is way out of the hands now. Like, I mean, we're, we should, we are far past the point of, where we should be with this which is football should have been its own entity by this point and all the other sports stay in these regional conferences or even the americans not very regional but this still somewhat works um but now we're we're just it's very evident how little care is actually being taken on student athlete well-being outside of this one sport. And so if Stanford and Cal who have made it very clear over the years, how much they care about the person more than their athletic ability um, and are not willing to forego um, a, a lot to kind of counterbalance that, which is, I'm not saying it's the wrong decision. It's, it's their decision. Some of that, you know, that's happened at Tulane for quite a bit. Um, if they want to suddenly throw that out the window um to go join an ACC or an American or something like that, then I, I mean, I mean, what else in the last two weeks, you know, it's, it's all this is, it's just um, some very rich adults looking at TV numbers and deciding the fate of college sports. And that is not a good place to be. Uh,
3: It's funny, you know, Corey, sometimes Dave and I joke around about, you know, the, the, the funniest ter- words to me in college football are student-athletes because it, it's just gotten to the point now. Now, we're going to be able to call Stanford and Cal's bluff very soon because, you know, if, they, if by some bizarre chance they were to wind up in the ACC, we all know it's about – at the end of the day, it's all about money and um to your point it just it just doesn't make any sense it's you know it's what's best for those students it, it, what's what's going to make the decision ultimately is tv revenue and, and that's what it's going to come down to and uh i just don't see it happening personally but i, I tend to be wrong on this stuff so
1: well you they can work. do this like you were talking about matt the, i'm sorry i was just going to say that for the super conference we were talking about if you take the four pack four teams i guess is what it's called now. <laughs> and you take uh say san diego state boise state you uh you add basically you have 10 schools on one side of the uh, you know the western side from texas west and you have all the other eastern schools in american um attend so you have a 20 team super conference i think that would uh definitely work and you just have to do like a i would say for volleyball and some of the other sports just have everybody playing in their division and have like one crossover game where you have to come East or, um, that way you cut your expenses way, way down versus like you said, Corey, it makes no sense to have a volleyball team going from all the way from Pullman, all the way, like, all
4: the way here to Greenville. In the college park, or, or I'm sorry, you're, you're going to Washington. City. Yeah. Pullman to Greenville, Pullman to Boca Raton. Like, I mean, it's just, um, and, and I mean, you're right, Matt, like the term student athlete in college football is, is being well stretched by this point. I, I think that college football will find a way to be fine in all of this, even if all these and that's kind of the the problem with all this. The people that are making these decisions know that we're going to keep watching and we're going to still, you know, all right, well, Oregon's not going to play Oregon State but they'll go play Ohio state like And so we'll just, uh, we'll just click on the, the game again and we're just always going to be around. So they know that there's really no bargaining chip that we as fans have um, student athletes still very much a thing in, in Olympic sports. And, uh, you know, I, I call three sports here, you know, I, I, do football men's basketball and baseball, but our setup here at Tulane means I, I get to interact with all 17 sports here. Um, and all the offices are piled on top of each other. And so I, I know all the coaches. I know some of these student athletes in, in track and swimming and, um, and volleyball and beach volleyball and sailing here that we have at Tulane. And, and I know, like, there's just no thought about what's going to happen to these kids where student athlete still applies and that sense of the word, where they're on commercial flights in the middle of the week to go play these conference games in whatever sport that they're in. Um, that, I mean, no one, none of the people making these decisions care about that. And, and that's where, um, that's where the real problems lie. Like that's, if, if we're all bemoaning, you know, a lot of people bemoaning at the, the regional rivalries that are gone and the the sports, the, not what it was back in the early nineties. And, uh, and they're right. Um College football uh, will find a way to be fine here, even if we don't like the end result of two power conferences. Um, It's everything else in college sports. It's, It's all the things that Stanford treats very strongly that has them sitting on the outside right now, despite the fact they've been the most successful athletic department in the last three decades for what their programs do. Um, just nobody who's making these decisions cares and and that's that's the really revolting part of this to me and, and it all, all all this you know I, I we just need this to stop right now and have some people with some sense actually sit down and say what the hell are we doing here like what are we doing
3: yeah yeah no doubt appreciate your thoughts on that Corey. i, I wanted to uh take it back to Tulane for a second. I had a question for you. You mentioned earlier that, um, coming off this, I guess you would call it a dream season for the green wave. Obviously the goal now is to, to sustain that success and and make that a consistent thing on the football field. Um, uh, sounds like you were able to parlay that into a really strong recruiting class. I'm curious, has that had an effect on season tickets?
4: Yeah, I mean it, it has. It, it, they've been blowing out of the water here. Um, I mean, the, the last check, our season ticket sales were it, were up eight hundred percent, which wow. I don't fully really comprehend. I went to I, w- I went to a public college. I could not have gone to Tulane, <laughs> and so I, I don't know like. So, like that's big to me. Um, you know, I, I'm actually I ta- I'm talking to our ticketing director later in the week for uh, the podcast that I do here, just to kind of get the skinny on everything here. I know um, our homecoming game has already sold out. It sold out before the Ole Miss game in week two, and that game is going to sell out. Um, I mean, it, it it has been you know it, it's been massive. And when I first got here, Matt, I, I was told about how. There has been a, really a lost generation of fans in this city to Tulane. Um, and this brought a lot of them back and, and hopefully started a new generation of fans. It's really, sent, you know, I talked about the 98 year, but it was really the, the 2005 and Katrina year. when it, I mean, when everybody had to leave this place and Tulane was playing in 12 different stadiums across the year and just had a miserable year. And it's been uphill sledding ever since. Well, last year was a breakthrough, a huge breakthrough into where this city was really wrapped up in this team. And that just hasn't happened here in a long, long time. Um, so, yeah, the 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 intensity is back. The focus is back. There's more media coming out to our practices. There's more angry wave flags in the French quarter when it was usually just dominated by Saints and LSU. Like you're seeing it everywhere now is people really took to this team and, and took to this school. And that's been a long time in the making. And now you're seeing it with the ticket sales. Um, and, and now it's it's kind of keeping them around, right? Now that's the next question. It's Fans here want to be greedy about this and knowing that amidst everything that's happening in college sports right now, when it comes to football, if you have a year like last year, next season, you're playing for a, a national championship. you are in the playoff. And so, like, they, they know here that the door has opened a little bit for two-lane football to really be uh, a name and not just a one-off. The, the schedule is a lot harder this year than it was last year. They are in this new spot of everyone looking at them. Um, and, and so they're, they're, how they handle this is going to be the key to everything. Um, but there's no denying that in a city that loves its sports and a city that if you show it love, it'll love you back. Tulane football finally showed this place some love last year and they have responded in kind by by setting some records in the ticket sales.
1: It's exciting. And in fact, uh, you guys, uh, I, we can relate as far as we always hear about the brand names. But it's great when a uh, Tulane, for example, an American pulls off what they did. And then you guys have uh, i have a huge amount of respect, as the guys know I say it all the time, even when you're not on Corey, how much I like Coach Fritz. I like him a lot. I've uh, done things the right way. And so I uh, look forward to It's going to be a great uh, year. And uh, obviously, do you have a surprise team? Uh, obviously, we know how Tulane's great. But is there a surprise team for you before we let you go?
4: And the American? Um- yeah. I I don't know if it qualifies as a surprise. Uh, You know, I I think Rice is getting a little bit overlooked. They were a bowl team last year. Um, You know, I'm fascinated to see Kevin Wilson at Tulsa. Um, That's been a, it's been a bit since Tulsa's been really good, but you don't have to look that far back to see that that program has had some great moments to it. Um, it's a school a lot like Tulane, um, and so Kevin Wilson uh, taking the reins of that. Uh, I think that is is frankly the the most intriguing new coach, um, even factoring in Trent Dilfer at UAB. Um, but yeah, you talk about a fourteen team league. It doesn't seem like one one person's talking about rice at all and that was a pretty good team last year and so i i think that could be a team that might slither up here and suddenly when you look in november they've got um you know they're in position to to make some damage um so um you know temple was a good pick from from kyle but yeah I'll, i'll rice and tulsa those are two teams that i think maybe are getting slightly undervalued here
1: it sounds good, man. I tell you what, I can't wait for the season. We got to have you back on, obviously, when we play Tulane. Um, but uh, we do have one um, one final question for you, baseball related. So I'm going to throw this up for Robert. Would you mind uh, asking Corey if Tio Banks is still at Tulane? He was one of the best players I've ever seen. Strong bat, speed, and a great arm. Sorry about uh, about sorry about it being a baseball question.
4: Uh, the answer is yes. He is still at Tulane. He played in the Cape this summer, um, and so he will be back for year three. Um, I'm not entirely sure how he did at the Cape, but uh, the week he had at the conference tournament was otherworldly. I actually just met—I uh, met a couple of our new baseball players today as I was leaving campus, and one of them's a former Pirate. We, we got a, a Connor Rasmussen yeah. trying over here so he and I chatted for a little bit uh and so that was uh uh, I I got another pirate down here (laughs) we never overlapped in my time in Greenville he came in the year after I was gone um but uh but yeah so he's down here and um and uh we we talked a little bit of of ECU baseball in Greenville living a little bit as he was baking in 110-degree heat index down here. So, um, so yeah, Tio is still around. He's one of a few holdovers. They're going to be more new than old on this two-lane baseball team when they start up fall ball here in October. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, T.O. Banks, as long as he can stay healthy, um, I, I, I'm not sure there's a better player in this league, even though the league looks very different. We're not entirely sure what the league's going to look like in baseball next year, but, I mean, that guy is an absolute stud
1: gonna be great Corey man how can people listen to you i know the varsity app there's a lot a lot of great things plus give everybody your twitter handle i guess we got that up i have to say x now i'm so i'm, I'm so over that uh, up yeah
4: there. x twitter um yeah it's, it's up there along with my uh my uh company's twitter right there nicely done Real adult learfield will love that um yeah, I, the Varsity Network is a Learfield app, and uh, I, I've I've not heard otherwise. I believe that's full of go here uh, for uh, streaming all your favorite Tulane athletics events. So you can find me on there, and um, yeah, you got the you got the Twitters up there. So I I will uh, I will let the visuals take it from there. But uh, yeah, I, it's uh, always a pleasure to be on with the Sports Objective. I hope Bubba wasn't sucked into a tornado tonight. It appears he got maybe close. Um, so I uh, hope uh, all is well on that front because uh, I like Bubba and I prefer he not be uh leveled by a tornado. And no, uh, yes, Bubba's
3: indestructible, he's yeah, uh, man. he's been messaging, he's uh, he was he's, he's doing all right, he's safe. Thank god,
1: he's holding on to a tree at the same time. So <laughs> I think he's okay though. Uh, all right. But anyway, have a great night, bro, and we'll talk to you later. Thank you, boys, appreciate it. Thanks, Bye-bye,
3: Corey. Man. Take care, man.
1: See guys. Bye. Yeah, Matt. So uh, I, I got to say that one of the things I'm hoping you'll help us out on is uh, we're very excited. We have Martin County football, my alma mater. Now they've uh, combined. The two schools have combined into one. So for athletics wise. And so we're excited about that. We're going to have. Um, and we're going to have Martin County football and that'll be every um, that'll be whatever Friday night. Yeah. Coming up with high school football. So we're looking forward to doing that. And I know that uh, you're a football junkie like us. We were, we're looking for sponsors. So people want to do that, but the legendary Harold Robinson, Matt's going to be my uh, play. uh, I'm going to try my best at play by play and uh, he'll do better. I'm sure he'll do better at the analysis than I will play by play, but our good friend, Charles Smith also Bubba is going back in the TSO studios and maybe you will too, but uh, we're looking forward for a great broadcast and, um, I know it's going to be fantastic.
3: That's awesome. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a great addition to the show. And, you know, bottom line, Dave is football is, is right around the corner now. And, uh, you know, like I said, last week, I'm trying, I'm trying not to wish my summer away. Like I want to enjoy, I want to enjoy these. We don't get much nice weather up here in the Northeast. So, you know, it's just a short time we get. So I'm going to try to enjoy these last few weeks, but, you can be sure, like when August 20th rolls around, I'm going to be in full uh, college football mode. And, uh, you know, uh, I think I'm excited about uh, the programming we have this year. I think it's going to be better than ever.
1: And, uh, yeah, look it's at be this. awesome year. Yeah, speaking of which, Monday nights, absolute empowerment with coach Jeff Connors. Tuesday is our prior preview. Um, some guy named, uh, two guys named Sonny and Somenzo on Wednesday nights. Yes, uh, sir. Two of my favorite friends, uh, especially former football players. You guys are awesome. And here's another one people don't know about. Our good friend Stevie Fly, along with Kyle. That's going to be a dynamic duo if I've ever heard. Just another sports podcast. That's every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. Thursday, the Inside Slant, a weekly college football preview. We have a Pirate's Life for me. The bubble does a great job. Saturday, Sights and Sounds. And, of course our Sunday football playback presented by LK Custom Homes want to give them a shout out our other sponsor uh, one of our favorites is Porky's Backyard Barbecue uh they're in uh, right in Williamston a great uh, I tell you what if you haven't been there you can do yourself a favor drive make the drive to Porky's in Williamston it's worth it uh, we're we have a lot of fun with uh, Mark our good friend Mark Holiday and thanks to them again you know Matt they actually had us there for our college football preview show. They invited us. It was not, I was going to do it here at home, but he said, Hey, if you're going to do that, then I'm a sponsor. Come on and come to Porky. So I can't turn it down, you know?
3: Yeah. And that worked out great. Uh, that was an awesome show. I thought it went really well. So I uh, appreciate them having us.
1: No question. All right. We're going to uh, definitely have a lot of fun and uh, I, I can't wait, man. It's going to be outstanding. Thanks to uh, Kevin, Kevin KK Walker for LNK Custom Homes. I know that he's uh, been really instrumental over the last three years, and he's another guy that has uh, definitely helped us out many, many years. We appreciate him. Do you have anything before we go, bro? I know we've been going long tonight, but I just want to give you a shout out. I appreciate uh, all your insight. I appreciate uh, we have our good friend, uh, Jeff Carr. He's got a, we'll have to have him back on the show. Um, he's got a great charity with his sister. Um, that we need to talk about. So we'll have him on soon, I know. And we've got a lot of other great guests coming up. Right, Matt?
3: Oh, absolutely. I'd love to have uh, – get Jeff on here, too. And he's doing some really good things, as always. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely work on that. And uh, But that's all I have, just keeping my fingers crossed uh, about this conference realignment situation that East Carolina winds up in a good spot uh, at the end of the day. And I, right now that's been the most, you know, pressing thing on my mind. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we shall see. It's uh, – you know, it's the type of thing. It's out of our hands. So, um, you know, you just have to see what happens.
1: No doubt you and I are big on college realignment, whether we want to or not. It's uh, something i follow followed way too close. Um, uh, by the way, before we go, I got to say one more thing and we'll get out of here. Uh, I want to give a shout out to and um, all our thoughts and prayers of people in China Grove where Bubba lives. He has no power now. Unfortunately, he produces a show. He's on air. He does it all. And I want to give a shout out to the him. He and his family and uh, all the community there in uh, China Grove, I know he's okay. So, if you're wondering, he's okay. They just don't have power right now. But we'll send our thoughts and prayers that way. And, uh, Matt, thank you so much, man, for all you do. And, as always, we appreciate you, dude. We'll see you next time. You've been watching. Listen to the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody. And go Pirates.
4: Team, that we got they back. This is our house, this is our town. our top, everyone, one, not copy that. Everybody in the stands go bananas. Be that, be don't hold back. Every foot, every yard, every
0: first down, every touchdown with the cannons blast. Get it.